Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Be'ez Hashem, BPW number 45, that's Bias Primi Share for Women, Share number 45. Last uh, share we talked about Bar Piagofen, about elevating the sexual union and the physical pleasure for the sake of uniting a husband and wife together, which creates a high elevated Kedusha like the Shalah states. Now we're going to talk a little bit about that in- intimacy and the question as to why the emphasis on being intimate is at night and specifically in the dark. And it's a clear preference, both brought in halacha and hashkafa sources, that intimacy is to be done at night rather than by day. And there are many reasons for that. Now, before we start this, just to listen carefully, making a disclaimer here on that, and it's something that if you're not comfortable with, you need to speak to halachic authority to help the situation. Because very often you have scenarios where a wife will tell the husband, I am wiped out, I, I cannot really function that well, and can, really could feel that connection um, you know, at night because I'm exhausted. I need a few hours sleep, and then later at night or early in the morning when I get up, that's when I'm, re- I'm ready and I have kayach to be physical intimate. At that time, sometimes, um, as I think Rav Kahan brought here, uh, one, there was a story like that, where someone asked that Shaila, because in this May time and June time, sometimes when a wife would get up and would want to have intimate relations then, it's already light outside, and it's definitely uh, not only heterim, in certain cases, it's, it's the healthy, right thing to do for a couple. If that's the best time for it, then that's the best time for it. Another thing may come up with is, is for an example, let's say a husband and wife plan, and it's not often they do it, and they can't always afford it, and they somehow get to get away for three, four days. They get away to get away for three, four days. To go away, the spring, summer, wherever it is, or even winter, and they often may ask that same Shaila on vacation, because we have more time and our purpose is to deeply connect with one another, we may be in the mood of being physically intimate with each other during the day. That we sometimes may go someplace, may want to go back to our hotel to rest a little bit, maybe take a little nap, and then we feel up to it and we want to be physical, physically intimate by day. And again, you, it, in these scenarios, it's Kedai to ask the Shaila by a Paisik. And they will usually tell you, and again, I'm not a mind reader, but they'll usually tell you, you know, keep keep it dark or whatever it is, and it's fine. You're not comfortable with it. You feel halachically it's, you know, because it, it says specifically night. Then ask the shaila. Al shalom bayis sometimes, and sometimes it's very important where in those scenarios, a paisik will tell you, a will tell you that it's not only mutter, but it's encouraged. But again, those are like, scenarios that come up where when it is for the sake of Shalom Ba'is and connecting, better to do it than by day, then so be it. And you're not comfortable halachically with it, you're not comfortably halachically with it, you have yourself to a Ra that you ask advice for as a couple and you follow what they tell you one way or the other. But generally speaking though there's no question that ideally it's to be at night. And why is that so? And the answer is, is because the nocturnal hours, the late, the the night hours are generally quieter. 
The truth is, is in those days, it was much, much quieter. We didn't have electricity. We didn't have cell phones. It really was quieter where everything quieted down. And the couples focused on each other were sharper. Less chance of interruptions, less chances for distractions. And that is very, very, very important for physical intimacy. That's why it's so important nowadays with electricity to still try to go to sleep a normal hour and shut it off. With technology, shut off the phone. To calm down that racing rat race, even if it's a rat race of elevated things, but to calm down with that, to have that night focus of being calmer, quieter, and more focused on one another. And that is the idea. Aloha also addressed the importance of it being in the dark. Foreplay, certain levels of foreplay does not need to be in the dark. But physical intimacy definitely needs to be in the dark. It's easier in the dark to achieve a single-minded laser focus on the internal landscapes. You know, when there's light, you focus on this thing and the other thing, objects in the room, other things. Here, sometimes when it's darker, it gives you that inner feeling for each other, filling your hearts and minds with it because you're not being distracted by the light which could focus our attention and diffuse our attention to external factors. So therefore, it's important that when a woman and husband and a wife are together, even if they're usually not worried about these things, but still halacha is guiding them on a higher elevated time together, on a higher plane than when it's night and it's dark and it's less distractions and it's just the focus of your mind and heart with your husband's mind and heart together. And, and that is really, really um, helpful. And the truth is, is many women suffer inhibitions during intimacy for whatever the reasons are, overconscious, over bodily flaws, or whatever it is. And more often than not, women find themselves, forget, forget about the men. We talk about on the other side of the mechitza of how they have to be careful with their eyes, the men, and not play comparison games. So that goes without saying. So not putting that aside, and I take that very seriously, and that is a serious subject. But truth be told, from women on by themselves, they find themselves comparing themselves unrealistically to the images out there in magazines and, and, and in, in, in media and so on and so forth, Instagram, where everyone is dressed their best. And these worries cause many women to feel self-conscious, to feel unable to experience pleasure. And this fear of comparison robs a couple from their ability to relax, from their ability to enjoy their special time together. That's why there needs to be a certain sense of respect and mystique when there's a bond between a husband and wife. That's why it's a concept of closing the lights and making darker to remove those externals so your eyes are wide open to what is truly important, which is each other. To have that special time for each other and that special place for each other. And that's very important. Now, people often ask, are there any limitations on touching or caressing or kissing or cuddling outside the framework of actual sexual intimacy? And the answer is there's definitely a room and it's an important part of marriage to have that. Because sexual intimacy is not just about the actual act of intercourse. 
It's even more than just foreplay. It is a loving exchange that should take place constantly between a couple that leads to sexual intercourse so that every affectionate touch, every loving glance nourishes a physical and an emotional intimacy that's all appropriate, that's all positive, even a hello, a goodbye, a good morning, a good night. They're all enhanced by a touch, by a kiss, by a hug. It's very, very important. We're all in need of comfort. We all need embraces. We all need to be cuddled. We all need that. It can mean a world to us. And there's nothing like a hug. When someone, let's say even just woman to woman or man to man, you know, mazel tov, and you give them a hug or show a special appreciation, it means so much. And how much deeper does it mean for a husband and wife? So the idea is like this. Now, what happens is, is every couple is different. Sometimes if they touch each other in this way during the day, it leads them to crave more when they're going to be together that night, that the intimacy is stronger. Other people, it it's less so. It diffuses it. Everyone knows each other. It, it's, everyone knows their personality. So they have to work with each other. The idea is, is they respect each other, they understand each other, and they work with each other. Another thing on the woman's side that's often... Uh, 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 an issue that that you know, if, especially if they're breastfeeding, and they're managing the children's various needs during the day and interacting with them, they're quote unquote touched out already. They had so much physical contact with the breastfeeding or with taking care of the children physically that they're tired and they don't they want to limit their physical romantic connection with their husband. And it's not that they don't want their husband's physical touch. But very often it's because they need that emotional intimacy first. And we talk to them on the men's side, the importance of this. That's why, by the way, I'm going to say it again. Hopefully at the time, at the time I'm recording this, uh, we haven't yet found a woman consistently to give the shiurim, which I'm hoping that happens soon. So if by the time of this recording it's already here, Baruch Hashem. And if it's not here, then it's an appeal. Because a lot of these things that I'm saying here, even though I know already, Baruch Hashem, that I'm not saying all these things because I'm a man. I'm saying these things because it's correct and I'm reading it from holy sources and good sources. But nevertheless, it's still better to hear this directly from a woman to a woman. I think it lends some more credibility, some more, it's just better. And therefore, I'm encouraging that. But nevertheless, while I am talking, to realize that it's not me, and I'm not talking about this as a man. I'm talking about this simply as taking it as best as we can. And I acknowledge men are often clueless about emotional intimacy, and they need to be educated. It's 100% true. But wives can do wonders by expressing honestly what they need emotionally because very often the husband is clueless, and once they're sort of tuned in, oh, okay, this is what you need, they're happy to accommodate. Quality time during the day, a coffee date, a nice phone conversation, and so on and so forth, and you explain this is what you really need, and a husband, sooner or later, it'll register in him, and he'll be willing to do that for you. So this is very important. So the question, so when a, when a woman is not a nida, and she's tahira, any type of physical affection that is pleasing for both her and her husband is totally permitted. The exceptions to the rules are, number one, it should not take place in the presence of others. 
Now, others means no one. Now, the question is, and we, we spoke about this before, on whether there should be physical intimacy of some sorts in front of children. And the answer is, is if it's blatantly sexual, then the answer is no. It does like these long, passionate kisses or whatever it is that is clearly very sexual? No. But the question is, is other forms. Now, there, there are shittas this way and that way. There are cultures that are different. It's, a lot of it is really not a right and wrong question. But, and I stress very often that in those cultures that do not show physical connection at all between a husband and wife in front of their children, they have to somehow, somehow communicate their deep love and respect for one another in front of the children, even if they don't physically show any connection. But in other cultures, it's very healthy. Uh, uh, why, uh, uh, if a children see them holding hands sometimes or a pat on the back, things like that that are not blatantly sexual but shows physical affection and attention, it could be very beneficial for your children to see that. So again, I'm opening just saying, I'm not saying do or not do, and there's no right and wrong, and the cultures are very different as far as those type of physical affection in front of children. Elu elu, And they're both good, but again, blatantly sexual, definitely not. And if there is no contact whatsoever, you need to show warmth and in words and in expressions and so on. And if there is that touching and hugging sometimes and kissing just like in the superficial way that children see in the cultures that do do it, it is also a healthy thing. But in place of other people, definitely not. And another thing also, it cannot lead a man to be Maitzi Zara Lavatola, to waste his seed, which could cause a problem. And that's why I know there are various young men that have this issue where they say i want to show that physical i want to show more physical being show warmth towards my wife i want to hug her and kiss her and cuddle her and that's what she needs but i i have the trouble the rest of the day controlling you know it's hard because of the physical biological hormonal things that happen with his body and so that's something that needs to be worked through now the truth is for all you for all young men they could train themselves over time to get used to it and to work it through where they could have that physical affection of hugging, kissing, cuddling without having the issue of Zara Lavatala. For those very young men that have that issue or others that have that issue, then for the wives who are listening here, it's best to work it out that they do this for you during times where at night or close to the time of being physically intimate, where being physically intimate is a pos- is, is, is doable. In other words, that if need be, they could complete it uh, for those husbands. So very wise, I just, because I, I've known people have called about this and with young cup, young people, it's, 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 it, it happens a lot that sometimes they may not admit it, they may not say it, but they want to be physically more expressive to you, but they're afraid of Zara Lavatala. And, 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 and they don't want that to happen during the day, or if they hug and kiss and cuddle or do something like that, um, you know, during the day, it'll, it'll hard, be hard for them to function, you know, without thinking about these things until the night, and that's hard for them. So in those cases, you work out before intimacy, 
to do this for each other, maybe after intimacy even, to get used to doing this physical, other types of contact. But men over time could get used to it, to learn to train their bodies to hold back and to figure out, to navigate around it. And ultimately, they could succeed in not having any issue of Zerah Levatola and still be able to be, you know, um, physically intimate by hugging and kissing and so on and so forth. So this idea of a couple being sensitive to each other's needs, of affection, how it impacts the body, um, and it fluctuates by age, libido, the duration of the marriage. And it is true, it is not the woman's job to monitor her husband or mentor in this area. You know, it, it's, not, it's not her job. And, but, but there needs to be a healthy communication to be tuned into his sensitivities. He needs to be in tune to your sensitivities. And um, so, so there are times, for example, if you may enjoy extended hugging and cuddling, but if you're not prepared for full intimacy that time, or if it's not feasible at that time, your husband needs to know that. In other words, your husband needs to know, like, I want to hug, I want to kiss, I want to cuddle, but right now it's not feasible to have physical intimacy to go all the way. It's just not feasible now. Your husband needs to know that, and then he needs to gauge himself. He needs to gauge himself that if he does it and he realizes I could do it only to a certain degree, because if I go do too much or too long, I may have a problem with Zara Levatala, and that's why I'm going to have to stop. Then the husband knows this, and he'll be able to start and do it to a certain point and then stop. But he has to be told this. And then in times where you say, let's try to hug and cuddle, and this is what I want, this is what I need, and if um, his body reacts you know, strongly to it, that we could con- consummate it and finish it and, and, and complete the act, he needs to know that too. Whatever it is, healthy communication in this area. Now, as far as sleeping in same beds or separate beds while a wife is to her, there is no right and no wrong in this scenario. Every couple is different. Some couples enjoy cuddling and kissing for some time, together in the same bed, and then they each go to their own bed afterwards and go to sleep. Perfectly fine. Then there are others where they put their beds together and they're with each other and they sleep together all through the tar period. Also fine. Then there are others where generally they sleep in separate beds and then they sometimes feel a need some nights. You know what? Some nights I, we, we, I need to sleep together with you. At the close physical proximity adds a certain security or comfort that they really need. And they do it and they switch off. Some nights separate beds, some nights they, they sleep together in the same bed, some nights they sleep in separate beds. There is no right and wrong here. Every couple figures it out and there's no riot. You could sleep generally in separate beds and you could have a beautiful, healthy, th- vibrant, physical and emotional marriage. And those that could sleep always together in the same bed and maybe less so. It does. It's not the all be all simon of how a marriage is doing and to and and to assume if they always sleep together you have a great marriage and if you don't and you sleep separately you have a not so great marriage no such thing really it's not like that at all but it's really dependent on the couple's preference of what they really need and what's what one needs to understand also there may be practical reasons for sleeping in separate beds if one of them is a very light sleeper as an example you have different sleeping styles or one of you may have 
some chronic bank back pain that needs to shift in their you know, uh, you know position, or they're exhausted. They have a hard, hard trouble sleeping if their husband or wife is right next to them. So they'll opt to sleep in separate beds while she's tired in order to have healthy sleeping patterns. So sleeping in separate beds is not a commentary on the strength of their marriage at all. But the idea being simply is that they talk to each other about it, they're honest with each other about it, and then they work out how they ever want to work it out. And and they just communicate. If one wants it one way, the other the other way, so they try to compromise on it. So all of these scenarios are okay. It's a scenario of being together when they're together and then going to their separate beds and sleeping and having their own space, perfectly fine. Always having the beds connected and sleeping as if in one bed while they're tar, also fine. And switching off, some nights like this, some nights like that, also fine. The key really is, is the key is to it, um, work it together and and when you honestly need it, then then you give in to each other for that need and you work on those compromises to accommodate each other for what is needed. And this is connected also to what we talked about in the last year of Bayre Piagafen, of taking the wine and elevating it, which is the bracha of wine overall, but by condition specifically, that is the lesson we take for the rest of our marriage, to use this wine, the physical intimacy, the physical pleasure, and to enhance it and to use it the right way as a deep connection between a husband and a wife. Brachen